Many organizations are sitting on top of a mountain of data locked in their documents without the proper tools or knowledge to leverage it. With our AI-powered data extraction tool, you now have a fast, cost-effective way to extract, structure, and analyze your data to help pinpoint potential risk, improve decision-making, and predict business outcomes. But what makes us different from other general AI solutions? The level of accuracy. Our tool was built in conjunction with highly experienced lawyers, ensuring that you will get a better, more precise result. But don't take our word for it. Check out what one of our banking clients was able to achieve. After securely sharing their documents with us, key search terms such as force majeure, limitation of liability, indemnity, renewal dates, fee arrangements, milestones, and others were identified. The terms were then extracted from over 2,000 documents within two minutes and reviewed by qualified lawyers for accuracy and comparative analysis. Once the data was extracted and reviewed, the client was given access to visualization dashboards that included only the extracted clauses to identify any outliers. A risk assessment and analysis were completed and a deviation matrix report was provided to the client. Because of the exigent data extraction tool, the client was able to save a considerable amount of time by not having to manually review over 2,000 contracts to find the desired result, a risk assessment of deviations from their standard position. To find out how you can mitigate your risks and unleash the power of your contracts with our AI-powered data extraction tool, contact Exigent today. Welcome everyone to our session today, which is going to be focusing on the topic, it's not about AI, it's about outcomes. I'll be facilitating the session today and my name's Simon Nicklejohn and I'm the Associate Director for Legal Solutions in our Asia, Asia Pacific region. I'll introduce our panel in just a moment, um, but they're going to be really discussing um, that topic with, a, with the context and, and focus of um, contracts and bringing to life some simple and powerful outcomes that you know, AI can definitely help you arrive at. But I think a key point that will be um, yeah, explored today is that AI is certainly um, a, a great part of, of the puzzle, but I certainly need some thinking around it, some process and support around it to help support um, getting those desired outcomes. The key points we'll be covering um, as, a, as a group will be really, what does a good outcome look like? How do I get there? How do I measure ROI? And, and we'll get some success stories from some of the panelists as well. Ultimately, our goal is at the end of this session that you might be able to take some of um, the learnings and insights from um, the exigent experts on the panel um, and take those back to, to implement in some of the initiatives you might have in your own department. So I'll, I'll introduce our speakers on that note. Um, today, we have a really nice um, and impressive cross-section from Exigent's global business, all who are responsible for architecting solutions for clients which are focused on outcomes and, you know, and, and implementing um, and using technology and AI as a part of that. So we've got Carl, Carl Adams, who is our Director of um, Global um, Legal AI. We've got Rico Burnett, who is the Director of Client Innovation. And we've got Udita Sahar, who is our Global Head of 
technology solutions. Um, all of our speakers have got experience working with corporate legal departments and as well as law firms and, and more and more we're seeing um, you know, commercial departments within corporate organisations taking a, an acute interest in, um, in some of the, the topics we'll be talking about today as well. So if we can jump into it, I think um, what has been really interesting um, in the lead up to the um, session today talking with the, with the speakers is there's some real um, commonalities um, and some real um, practical points when um, approaching um, approaching AI as a, um, a potential part in a solution and I think um, I'll, I'll pass over I'll bring Rico into the conversation in, in a moment but I think something which has um, come up pretty regularly is ensuring that um, you're really clear on what your outcomes are um, and, and what your your, um, your stakeholder outcomes are and, and what the potential return on investment is going to be from the outset. Once your outcomes are um, articulated, you can work backwards from there. And I think, um, yeah, from, from there, um, bringing in AI to assist with you know, extracting the right information um, and, and supporting AI with human intelligence so it continu continually um, learns as the volume of agreements go through um, and then um, I think the the next part Rico was really looking at once that um, data engine has been created that sort of house of accurate data has been created the possibilities of what can be done with it and whether it's pushed into um, client systems or you know, exigent systems the contract management systems or data management systems ultimately a database of structured information is formed which can then be analysed and commercial insights can be drawn from that information which essentially support, um, yeah, hopefully support those outcomes which have been um, clarified from, from the outset. So I might just throw to you Rico, you, you're the Global Director of Client Innovation, you're really involved in some of these um, initiatives with, with clients, um, particularly um, yeah, workshopping and, and coming to what outcomes might be um, might be desired. But can you sort of share what good outcomes might look from your perspective? Definitely. Thank you very much, Simon. Uh, thank you for uh, for hosting us. And absolutely, you know, one of the things which we are very clear on is outcomes and being outcomes based. And the interesting piece about that focus is really, if you're speaking about AI, is this is application irrespective of the level of sophistication within your organization. You might be a very small organization exploring AI or a very large one that's been mandated to look at this bold, brave new world out there. And outcomes are a central part of that, but there's a very big difference between an outcomes-driven approach and the quality of that outcome. And I think that's an important distinction is most projects have a set uh, outcome that they would like to achieve and you are measured based on whether you hit that target. The challenge we have is that business conditions change and change so rapidly. So it's the quality of that outcome that ultimately determines the success of the project. So what we mean by that is if you're exploring uh, an improvement or a change in your organization, at every stage of its development, you are asked to actually start looking laterally across what the business uh, is doing, how the business is progressing. So a solution in the contract space or in the wider legal technology space, yes, has a primary goal, which is to deliver particular value to the organization. But that is not enough. 
it has to look at where the business is developing to and what the wider outcomes are, because that's the only way for a for a legal outcome to become a business outcome. So, you know, we, we use the term and it's really not just about hitting a milestone at the end of a project and being able to, to tick that box. That's a short term solution. But when we're speaking about AI powered outcomes, it's important to bear in mind that your stakeholders are much wider than just the project sponsor. Um, and that's that's a key distinction. And and we measure quality outcomes by the impact it has outside of that realm. And if I may you know, speak about a, a good example, if you, if you look at current conditions, an analysis of hardship clauses in, in agreements or, or force majeure provisions you know, is, one, is one point of information. So you do an analysis of that point of information, you reach an outcome, which of my agreements are, are subject to or are suffering from you know, the current, current uh, issue. But if you compare that and analyze that against the actual history, right? How many of these agreements were drafted by the same person? Are they continuous? Are they consistent? What do the payment provisions look like? You, you don't just form a view of, well, we now know which of our agreements are subject to termination because we have a particular clause um, that, that can be invoked in, in the current time of crisis, but we know whether there's a pattern that will emerge in the future. Right? What is the actual financial impact on, on our business? So legal tech solution to identify the, the, the answer to one question has business impact and drives financial uh, performance. And that's where we can see outcomes being more qualitative as opposed to quantitative in, in its uh, execution. And that's where businesses are getting it wrong. And they just need to shift focus, whether they are small, medium, large, familiar with AI or really starting on the journey. And that's the great thing about having having a value-based outcome structure. Yeah, thanks, Rico. Carl, Udita, anything to add to there before we sort of move into yeah, how you get there? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think those points that Rico made were fantastic. And um, I would just add to that, that you need to start very early in the, in the beginning stages on understanding exactly what it is you are, are trying to gain. You know what sort of insights you're looking for. Uh, is there a specific savings target you're looking to achieve uh, from your investment in AI? That sort of thing. So you, you need to be very clear about the uh, what it is you're going after, and then start to think about the type of data that you're going to need, and can you access that data regularly, and and how how costly is it to access that data, whether it be internally or something that may be coming from an external provider. Yeah, thanks, Carl, you data? Just to add to that, uh, it's it's a fantastic point that Carl raised about aggregating data. So we have to be, uh, we have to be careful that we should consider different types of data, not only the data that is available in, with us, but compare it with the market data or any other relevant data. And then only we can do a comparison or deviations or any other uh, benchmark what we need to achieve. And that's how we can uh, get a good outcome and which will in turn benefit the organization. Yeah, no, um, good point. I would like to, to pick up on that, the, the comparison of data um, in, in just a moment, but just to progress um, into that discussion point around you know, how you get to the outcome, um, how do you measure ROI? I think that's something which comes up quite a lot, and um, which um, you know I, I know that people will be interested in hearing about. Carl, you're the uh, director of legal AI at Exigent. You're regularly working with um, Exigent's AI 
um, data extraction tool, you know, Scarlet on a range of projects. I know you're you're quite passionate about getting um, you know getting that part of the um, solution right in terms of the extraction and the accuracy and the, and the speed of, of information. But can you just share some insights from your perspective in terms of how you get to the outcome? Yeah, there's a lot of steps in the process to get to uh, the desired outcome. Take, for example, if your your company is is struggling like a lot of companies are during this these times with uh, getting payments from their their customers because their customers are under financial constraints and whatnot. And you want to do some sort of analysis on what's the payment history like. And uh, so you might use your AI extraction tool initially to review your contracts and see what your payment terms are like uh, and start extracting that information. And that it's important that that gets done accurately uh, because if, if, you, if you're extracting it and you've got errors in the extraction, uh, and those errors can come up because perhaps your, your AI tool hasn't been trained properly, uh, which is where subject matter experts like myself and Rico come in uh, that have a legal background. You know, we spend a lot of days and months and even years in some cases uh, training the machine on how to distinguish between uh, payment terms uh, versus an assignment clause, you know, or, you know, it's basically being able to distinguish all these different types of, of clauses within a, a single agreement um, is, a, is a challenge. So it takes time to do that and to get that right. But once you've got it right, you can get the data consistent consistently accurate uh, from those contracts, then you have a, a something you can compare to your actual experience, you know, and you can use AI as well and, and predictive analytics to determine, okay, let's look at our accounting systems. Let's do some API calls on that accounting system on a regular basis and see what our actual payment experience is. And then compare that to what we have in our contracts to see if there's any deviations there. And then you, you can start informing the decision makers about that deviation and say, well, look, you know, you're supposed to be getting paid on average in 30 days, but in fact, it's taking more like 50 or 60 days to get those payments back. And you're working, so your weighted average cost of capital is about 7%. You know, if you're talking about $100 million in, in uh, dollars in, in income you're expecting, you know, getting that money back in 10 days versus 20 days uh, difference can make a huge uh, difference in your bottom line. So right there, you're seeing a return on your investment in AI. Just a case in point. And Udita, what's your perspective? So obviously you're head of yeah, tech solutions at Action, but you're, you're sort of a slightly different angle. So very, very much focused on, on the tech to help um, you know, drive the potential outcome. What are your thoughts on you know, how, how you get to the outcomes and what's important with regards to the technology and helping getting there? Uh, exactly. So uh, before we even get to the outcome or we get to the value, we need to take a step back. A very important point is to realize that the source of the data is extremely crucial. And how do we turn these unstructured data into structured data? Uh, so the first step is cleansing of the data, uh, making sure that the data is consistent and the integrity is maintained. So uh, Carl and Rico helped with the legal subject matter in training the machine, but our team built this algorithms. Now we follow two different 
uh, approaches. First, we go through, we take these uh, sentences and then we may, uh, break it down into machine readable structures. Then we have classification and key extraction. And that's when uh, the machine training takes into place. That's um, that's a really interesting point. So um, yeah, for, for our listeners, I think the interesting um, part about um, having the three of you in this conversation is because ultimately you need to your team, as you say, is um, is yeah building the machine learning algorithms from a technology perspective. Carl's team is training the AI tool. Enrico's team is um, analyzing the data which is coming out, which is driving the outcomes, which is quite, I think it's a really interesting uh, perspective. Rico, from, from your perspective in terms of you know, um, how how you get there and the you know, the types of you know, commercial insights which come out the other end, which are supporting return on investment and driving better decisions. What's, um, you know, what's some sort of thoughts or, and insights or examples that you can share there? Yeah, thank you, Simon. And it's it's interesting because if you think about it, ROI really is a measure of value, right, generated by a project. But now the value is definitely monetary, right? It has it has a key financial benefit to the business, and that might be in terms of a cost saving or an efficiency gain. But there's a massive impact on tracking perception of the process of an AI you know, implementation. And if you if you can understand that, you help with adoption and ease of use, because ultimately the outcome will only be achieved if a client follows the advice or follows the recommendations or deploys the technology, right? That is that is quite important. So in terms of, of an ROI discussion, it's really critical that your stakeholders understand what you are achieving or setting out to achieve along along this process. I mean, thinking about a good example, we, we started talking about validation and data analysis. You know, we as a collective, we're challenged by by a client to understand more about you know, a vast number of its uh, key contracts. You know, the the perception is that all of these agreements have a very similar, let's say, payment term or termination right uh, or a force majeure clause. Now, you are trying to achieve a key objective here, which is to tell a client or a stakeholder, listen, this is where um, you are uh, falling short, or this is where you are maybe uh, doing better than you expected. Now, the challenge in normal analysis is that it is extremely human uh, intensive and it's it's driven by vast numbers of people. Now, what an AI-powered outcome does and what we achieve for the client is to have that analysis at the first uh, instance performed by the technology, which means a comparison of the clauses happens digitally. Then you have the human intelligence that overlays on top of that to give a client interpretive insight. So deploying technology at the right points Carl and Adita made made this very clear you know even in a in a in a worst case scenario is by our estimation delivering anything from 25 upwards of 60% in actual efficiency saving to get to that solution so what what we have found in that process of consulting with clients and designing this is that it's important to understand where their processes are at where the information is but then give them solutions along the way. You know, design around their particular challenges, design around their particular corporate issues, right? Offshoring of information is a big problem. Um, you know, um, location of information is another big challenge. And if you can um, align all of those steps and you are crafting in between their real life issues and you are managing or monitoring their perception of the process, the outcome is fundamentally one that, that drastically reduces time 
you know, and as I said, in excess of, on average, probably 50% of time is saved, which means more time to make complicated structured decisions about the business. And that is really where I think clients are seeing the benefit of, of AI-driven outcome. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Can we just stay with some success stories for a moment? I think, um, uh, you know, Carl, I'll open this to, to all of you actually, but I think on a really, uh, just to recap what we've sort of, you know, chatted through. So we've we worked out what the, the, the outcomes that we've wanted uh, are going to be. We've um, leveraged AI to um, you know, extract the, the the data that we want uh, to extract, which is going to give us, um, allow us to push it into whichever system we need it to be in. Um, and then we're going to aggregate, analyze, um, you know, use algorithms to you know, draw on insights, commercial insights for that. But um, what are some examples of, of, of success stories with, with that in mind? I guess at a really basic level, it's going to be visibility into a contract portfolio or lifting information and, and showing that information to, or managing that information or in a contract portfolio. But can you share um, some additional examples to give people food for thought? I think one of the challenges that a lot of companies have is, is understanding where their contracts are and what the content is in those contracts uh, in order to make better informed decisions and also have um, the ability to convert the predictive analytics into real savings. And you know, the first stage in that is, is getting a handle of your contracts and extracting the data. Um, legal departments are under a lot of pressure to do more with less. And if you can shave off the time it takes you to onboard your contracts into your portfolio or your repository uh, by even 20 or 30%, that, that can be a huge savings. And AI allows you to do that. So if you're using a manual process before and then you switch to uh, an AI-driven auto extraction process, uh, you could be shaving the amount of onboarding time uh, down by 30 to 50%. Uh, which allows you more time to do other things and reap the benefits of having that insight from your data. Yeah, another example, uh, adding on to that, uh, Simon and Nicole, is um, a recent intellectual property matter we were engaging with a client. You know, that, that comes to mind where a fairly complicated document requires analysis to identify two key variables. Um, you know, now, now usually that's a process that involves quite intensive document um, analysis and document review. But an AI-driven outcome and, and our tech allowed us to get to the identification of those two points, you know, within within the first few minutes of, of viewing the document. Now that was that was great and that achieved the saving that Carl's been speaking about. But the real benefit came in two months later when a client now wants an analysis of a very different aspect of that same document or same agreements. Now, you know, the traditional process is go and find the documents again, review them for a separate uh, aspect, but the tools allow us to in execute on that instruction, you know, virtually immediately and start pulling in a comparison between what clients have asked for today and what their requirements were two weeks ago. And that comparative value is extremely powerful. So that means the second half of that project was probably completed in, in, in less than a quarter of the time it would have typically taken because you are creating deep institutional knowledge uh, through the use of, of, of AI and the technology. And, and that has delivered to the client uh, an analysis of two key aspects over a period of two months, 
um, that that you know is is at least 60 to 70 percent more uh, efficient than a traditional process, which means that they are able to. And if you consider, we, we spoke about the rise of of technology in the litigation space. Time is almost always of the essence these days. Digital filings are on the rise, so the ability to be more uh, effective with the technology is not just a nice to have, it's a requirement that's being pushed down for, across various uh, aspects of, of commercial life. So that's that's a, uh, a key example of immediate value, but but consistent value through, through the client engagement with us. Before we move in on to our um, final, final point, you do anything to add there? I just want to add in both these use cases, we are talking about efficiency. And uh, in, for example, if Rico's uh, example, uh, what he spoke about, if it was uh, achieved in maybe two weeks, uh, and if it is a repetitive project, maybe in the next project, it will be achieved in a week. So AI is continuously learning and continuously growing. And uh, that's what the beauty of AI is. You know, that's, um, I think that ties in nicely to, to, to the final point, which is, you know, and, and I'll, I'll probably throw this one to, to you, Rico, or um, you, Dieter, is, yeah, if, you, if we rewind um, until, you know, 12 months ago or, or even, even you know, six months ago, um, there, was, there was a real hesitancy for organisations to, you know, want to create multiple sources of, of data. There was a real concern around wanting to have a one one source of truth. And you know, I, I'd love to get your perspectives because I think that um, in the the new world that we're in now, I think there's a real um, understanding where. Um, an understanding and appreciation that you know, data is coming from, from from many different sources, and there is there's there's methods and there's ways of, of managing that information from from different sources um, really well. And I think that there are um, leaders in the industry which are you know, showing that you can have multiple sources of information and use it really effectively. Uh, Rico, can, can I throw to you, because I know your team is yeah, doing a bit of this, bringing multiple data sources together using yeah, visualisation tools which are out there yeah, to deliver for clients. Absolutely, Simon. And, and, and a, I think a very good observation, that reluctance was then compounded by, by the, the necessity of a COVID slowdown in digitisation, right? So you had this uh, challenge where it was met with some skepticism and then kind of you know mothballed uh, just due to constraints and just you know the limitations and in fact what it has demonstrated is not just the need but if implemented correctly the almost immediate value of creating you know this this consolidated data frame right this 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 central pool or lake if you will and um, which that's what the widely used notion of, of of this lake and it's it's been expedited by 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 two things i think the need for consolidated um, security and integration with the wider business you know data and the wider business security framework has driven uh, people to focus on on where legal is lagging and where the legal teams and the in-house uh, counsel really need to be a, a participant in, in what is happening as opposed to having a separate little um, enclave where they are, are, are managing contracts. And what we're seeing quite a lot of is, is now the challenge of playing catch-up. So the department you know, the legal department sits on a mountain of valuable information, possibly one of the key assets of the business, 
are, are their contracts. That's where the money comes in, right? Or where the money leaves the business to the point Carl was making. And what they have been um, more comfortable with is the fact that AI-driven technology provides consistent output, right? It's returning values across not just 10 or 100, but 10,000 agreements. So what we've been quite successful in is designing around the existing infrastructure. A client may have certain tools that they prefer or use or are comfortable with, but if you are able to visualize and analyze the data in a meaningful way, not just from a legal perspective, but from a, a C-suite perspective, um, that that accelerates that process. So, you know, a quick example is um, a situation where a, a client wants to align payment terms or, or practical influx of money akin to, to the example Carl was, was making, um, but then align that also to particular um, contracting standards. So it's easy to get paid more if you're willing to um, loosen your indemnification provisions and you are willing to, um, you know, drop some of your warranties. So if you align those two um, provisions or terms, it necessitates a link between financial systems and uh, and legal systems. We have clients telling us that they've got financial information sitting in 10, 20 different subsystems in different countries. And the realization is that you are now able to utilize commonly approved secure methods of getting the information into one place. The actual magic is in creating analysis, visualization, and this could be as simple as a dashboard telling us where we are losing money, how many agreements we have with a particular supplier, and what the likelihood is of litigation based on historic data, right? So um, those are a few examples of where clients have, due to this, the nature of working in, in 2020 into 2021, have been willing to accept that if they can see a value, it's demonstrated to them right you know on their computer screens it's easy to read and understand they will allow ai and ai implementation you know to take the lead and that's that's quite exciting uh, for for everybody who's starting this journey any final thoughts from um from anyone there's been a really inter interesting conversation i think we could talk for for a long time i know there's going to be another iteration where we'll actually um yeah bring to life some specific um use cases and, and show some some um you know some stuff on screen but Udita, carl any final thoughts before we sign off i'm just going to continue what rico was saying uh from a very tech perspective you know about a couple of years ago uh, people were really scared of these multiple systems, as Simon, you mentioned. But today, uh, with the tech progressing, building APIs is extremely easy. So thus, APIs in lay language is connectors. So we can build different connectors to different data sources and pull the data and then feed into the visualization tool. So from a tech perspective, it's much faster than it was about a couple of years ago. So that's how we drive value out of it. Yeah, thanks, Udata. Carl? Yeah, I, I think another thing that uh, we were talking about before is having this single source of truth is that you know you can get multiple people involved in uh, drafting contracts and, and you can start to use AI to monitor that drafting process uh, along the lines of ensuring compliance with standards, uh, you know, doing, continuous comparison. So in the drafting process, if somebody drafts, say, like an indemnity provision, uh, or there's a limitation of liability, but there's no cap on the liability provision, and that's, you know, the company's got a standard regarding that, 
uh, the, the system is able to immediately pick that up before that contract is finalized, thereby uh, ensuring risk management is basically embedded in the whole contract formation process. And AI can be leveraged that way. Carl, Rico, you Dita, really appreciate your time today. It's been been really interesting. I think um, it, it goes without saying that um, I'm sure that Carl, Rico, you Dita, even myself, will be happy to field any questions which come out of today, or I'll be happy to pick up a conversation and and continue that conversation and um, share some some ideas. So thank you for joining us. We'll um, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.